0: And so now, I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: I want to ask you to stand with me and join me again in the Book of Galatians, chapter five. And uh, this morning, in our in our first service, I started a lesson that I would like to end. Our subject today has been on the subject of Christian liberty. I'm going to read again Galatians 5 and 13 and 14 as a text and then I will continue with part two of this and pray that the Spirit of God will touch our heart as we consider his word this morning. Galatians 5 and 13, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And so we have a tremendous responsibility that has been placed upon us today. Amen. Let the Spirit of God move through us, in us, not just to love God, but to love those around us. And you may be seated in the in the fear of the Lord. We've been talking about the law of Christian liberty and uh, that that in essence, uh is not the right to just do whatever we want to do, to live ever how we want to live, nor is it a set of cumbersome rules and laws that no one could ever, ever uphold. Amen. So let's, um, let's consider again as we pick up from our study this morning of how love is manifested. By laying aside the, the right that we, heal, that we have or feel that we have to please ourselves we must realize that God wants us to look out for those around us and what we do does matter and that does affect those around us. And so by laying aside the right to please themselves, the Galatian believers fulfilled the law of Moses. That was love God and love your fellow men. This alleviated Paul's two major concerns. First, he was concerned that they, that they understand that they no longer needed to follow the ceremonial laws. The ceremonial laws were certainly incomplete in and of themselves. They were insufficient in and of themselves, and, uh, but they were fulfilled. They were made whole. They were fulfilled through Calvary's cross and Christ's sacrifice. And so instead, they should fulfill the moral law of God, <laughs> not just the ceremonial law, but there is a moral law of God by loving their fellow men. His second concern, Paul's second concern, was that they would serve one another, and this would allow God's true love to shine forth in the world. The Scripture says, "By this shall all men know that you're mine." There is an identifying ear tag. There is a and there is a an indelible mark that is placed upon all of our lives in that we have love one to another. That was the identifier. Amen. There is respect in in what we're talking about here today the ceremonial laws were stringent to say the least and as I mentioned earlier by the time that Jesus was born Jewish religious leaders had been tampering with the law adding to the law and creating and starting traditions for hundreds of years and so the law had an already cumbersome law had now become even more harsh and more rigid and The severity and the number of the laws revealed that the the leaders had a lack of respect for the hardship that they were placing on people that was was under their care. Instead Instead of the law being that intended schoolmaster, the law had now become a taskmaster. There's no doubt about that. Paul's concern was like the heartless religious leaders Uh, of the Jews that the Galatians would exercise this newfound liberty without restraint and without consideration for others. And so he challenged them that their liberty and their love for Christ ought to restrain their desires, amen, to inspire respect for others and to others. And so... I would say today that, without the the balance, we need the law and we need grace, we need that balance, we need the moral law of God that has not been about that has not been abolished. we need that moral law of God, we need to preach the truth, as one writer said in love, there is a way to present that truth, and so there is no such thing as disrespectful Christianity. there should not be any mean spiritedness in us, and so I pray so often especially when i feel that god has mandated me with with a very direct or strong message so to speak that god would help me to move me out of the way because i don't want to speak even truth disrespectfully i don't want to speak even truth in an uncomely fashion but i want to know that 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 i had that i had removed me out of the way and just let the word of god speak and so to be christ like is certainly to prefer one another and so Although this newfound liberty is, was uh, readily recognizable, Paul cautioned this, that this freedom was not going to be devoid of conflict. Just because we are set down the ceremonial law and holding on to the moral law, he let them know right, off the, uh, right out of the gate that this is not going to mean there is no conflict because conflict arises because there is created a battle between the flesh and the spirit. And so I will tell you today that giving in to the flesh in the name of liberty is a cause of constant failure, amen, amen. to just constantly cave into to your flesh, but being led of the spirit, amen, it, 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 removes, it removes not the moral law, but it removes the condemnation of the law and allows the fruit of the spirit to be born in our lives, and I hope that all of the teaching for the last several months have not been in vain because we're trying to channel ourselves to one direction and understanding that we need to allow the Spirit of God to produce fruit in our lives, to manifest fruit in our lives. Amen? So uh, a Christian life still involves choices. Absolutely. And right choices take effort. It is a chore to do the right thing sometimes. It's It's the truth. <laughs> Amen. The amens were a little weak on that, but it, it was it's still the truth. It is a chore sometimes to do the right thing. Because sometimes you would just like to do what crosses your mind. I don't mean simple and evil. But when you back away and you realize, you know, I have the I have the power to say, or I have the power to do, but is it how many people will you take out in the process of all that? It's kind of like the old fellow that had a bad roach problem in his home, so he lit his house on fire. That's one way to take care of him, but it's probably not the best way. And so we've got to realize what kind of collateral damage will come if I do not allow God to temper the, the, the things in my heart. And so living for the Lord involves choices. And if you're gonna make right choices, that's gonna take some effort. It's gonna be exercising. And the Bible talks about exercising ourselves to righteousness. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just fall out of the tree onto our head or out of the sky into our yard. It involves control. Wavering between yielding to the flesh or the spirit is a constant struggle. Amen, it is a constant struggle. It is every day. You know why it's a constant struggle? Because every day we wake up in this flesh house. That old Adamic nature is just right there. Just right there. No matter how much you pray, no matter how much you read your scripture, no matter how dedicated you are to the house of worship, can we admit today that it doesn't take, it doesn't take very much to chip the pain and realize that the metal of the old man is right there. Right there. It's just, just beneath Uh, And I'm, I'm not trying to make this walk with God sound so frail or fragile, but I don't want us to ignore the power of our nature because it is right there. And so I gotta remain aware that I'm still human. Amen, I can't afford to forget that just because I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that did not eradicate my carnal nature. Amen. I could ask you today how many people have the Holy Ghost and a lot of hands, the majority of hands would go up in this building and I can tell you that with every hand there is connected a carnal nature, a flesh man, amen. So our Christian life still involves choices and right choices take effort and sometimes right choices and right decisions take time, take time, We gotta turn our desires away from flesh. We have to redirect those desires to the desire of the spirit. And this means war. This means war. Absolutely, it means war. We could compare the Christian life to a a man carving out a path through a very dense jungle. You can go there. You can make your way through there, but you're not just gonna meander your way through there. You're, You're not just gonna make your way without any effort. It's gonna be chopping. It's gonna take some effort to make your way through there. But can I tell you this, that although, amen, walking in the Spirit can be difficult, although it can be challenging and trying, Amen. But I can tell you that God will stand with us, and we, and He will be with us through every step of the way. Amen. Not because the it's it's a challenge. Not because the flesh, the spirit is weak, but it's a challenge because the flesh is weak. Amen. The spirit walking in the spirit. It's not a challenge because the spirit lacks. It's a challenge because the flesh lacks. And so Satan is cunning and full of hate for those that are born again. I'm gonna tell you something. The devil knows your address. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Amen, this is a battle, but can I tell you, it is a battle worth winning. It is, it is, it is a stand, but it's worth standing for. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen, it is a battle, but it's worth winning. The contestants in this battle is the flesh. Just leave your flesh alone for 24 hours. Leave it alone for 48 hours. Leave it alone for 72 hours. Your friends list is getting shorter. Because by now you stinketh. Amen. Amen especially in Florida in June <laughs> almost July and so this flesh that you just leave your flesh alone and see what happens amen your hair will get scruffly your breath will get rotten your body odor will become pungent amen well i'm just being real with you i'm not trying to be comedic i'm just telling you all you got to do is just leave it alone you don't have to squirt on anything that smells bad. <laughs> Justin uh, you, always refers to, he said, I gotta go put on some Stank Be Gone. <laughs> I said, because uh, you better spray on some Stank Be Gone or it'll be on you, it'll be on you. So we had to put on something that, uh, that has an aroma. We had to put something on that cleanses because our flesh left to itself Amen, so here is the contestants in the ring. In one corner, we have the flesh. In one corner, we have that Adamic nature. That was acquired at conception. But in the other corner, we have the spirit. Amen. That was the man that was born again, according to Acts 2.38. These are the contestants. The bell is about to ring. Life, amen, is about to begin. The battle is within us, and, and our involvement has to do with choice. What am I going to do? Or am I going to say something just because it crossed my mind to say it? Am I going to react because that's what feels good to just gratify myself here and now? There can be No compromise, hear me, between the spirit and the flesh because when you compromise with the flesh today, he will want his way tomorrow. You are not going to satisfy him today and then he's going to go to sleep for 60 days and leave you alone. The flesh doesn't play fair. Amen, you gratify him today and he will want tonight. He will want tomorrow. He will demand again and again and again. A huge gulf exists between the two natures in will. In purpose and in desire. The flesh seeks to serve lusts that that were brought to us by the fall of man. But the Spirit urges us to be more Christ-like, to pull away. I'm going to speak today to, to something that I think we can relate to. There have been times, just like an earthly appetite said, man... I just need something to drink or I need something to eat. There are times that our spirit man says, I need to pray, I need to pray. I don't say this to sound condemning, but I say this to challenge us. I wonder how many times we readily answer the old flesh and say, well, I'll get you at least a pack of crackers. I don't have time, I don't have time for a full buffet, but I can get you a Pepsi and a pack of crackers. I wonder how many times during the day when the spirit says I need I need a moment in the presence of the Lord and maybe we are not in a position to fall out and pray eight hours but I wonder if we will say hey spirit I'm going to treat you like I treated the flesh I'm going to take just a few moments if it's nothing more how many have had your day changed by a Pepsi and a pack of peanuts how many have had your have just a little bit of strength by just some crackers just a little bit I'm not trying to be elementary here today but I telling you that if that can do that for the flesh I may not have time to just get to the church I may not be able to come to the altar but if I could just steal away and say God I want you to know I love you and I appreciate you I need you to know that I love you with all my heart and my soul and I want to serve you with gladness I'm going to tell you the spirit man would just raise his hand so to speak refreshed by that encounter and refreshed Amen. Each of these opponents desire a different path. To be sure, each path has a different destination. In order to please the Lord, a person with the Holy Ghost cannot always just do those things that gratify flesh. We cannot gratify the flesh. Christian liberty does not grant us the right to just fall back to fulfilling the pleasures of our flesh. Christian liberty demands that we confront the enemy. Amen. Christian liberty demands that. That we overcome the flesh. How? By the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is where the scripture ministers to us. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Amen. I know we always kind of envision that Scripture with a great big shield in our one arm and a sword in our other arm in this triumphant state. But I'm gonna tell you that when your flesh is trying to win, when your flesh is trying to slow walk us down, I need to say, Lord, greater is he that is in me. I have the Power to say no to sin and I have the power to say yes to righteousness. I have the power to say no to wrong and thus say yes to right. I have that power. Amen. Christian liberty demands that we confront these. Under the law, people offered perpetual animal sacrifices to appease God's judgment of their sin. It was just year after year, year after year, grinding and grueling and never-ending. But the blood of these sacrificial animals had no power. They could remove sin, but they couldn't remove the condemnation of sin. Therefore, the people lacked the ability to overcome sin because they were still under the blanket of the condemnation of sin. So in order to win the battle between flesh and spirit, We've got to let go of the works of the law in an attempt to gain, in, in this attempt to gain spiritual victory. Paul expressed that to be led by the Spirit. Amen. We need to be, the, if we're going to be sons of God, we need to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. He was saying to these Galatians, you've got to leave the feudal traditions and you've got to turn and follow the Lord. Now, here's something sad today, but so often, so often, liberty has been so grossly distorted. In the earlier stages of Christianity, some, some maintained that Christ's obedience and sacrifice on Calvary complete, so completely satisfied the demands against sin that they were no longer obligated to, to obey any moral law because the, it's already been paid. I can do whatever I want. It's already been paid. And so they're not obligated, there's no obligation. And this teaching suggested that we could just live without any caution, without anything, just live to the wind. And what a distortion of the doctrine of grace. Paul refuted this teaching again in his writing to the Romans. You see, there's always going to be, some, there is always a law. <laughs> it's always a law. I know I've made a couple of Brother Mooney references, and just forgive me here. But <clears throat> in another setting, another time, another place, I heard him talking about as a uh, as a young man. He went to eat supper with some neighbors, and he said when they when they sat down to eat supper that the, uh, the 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 lady of the house had had fixed some corn on the cob, and he said that they had little skewers on the end of the corn on the cob, and they set whole sticks of butter on the corn uh, on the Table and they just set the corn on the cob down and just spun it on that whole stick of butter and he said now that is that is cool <laughs> and so he said the next time that they were home and his mom had corn on the cob he got those skewers and the whole stick and he set it down and started spinning his dad almost went ballistic so <laughs> what are you going to do so he said as no, long as you live in this house you're not going to do that you'll slice it off and you'll do this way so he, he said so I got married so I thought well hey so he said, the first time that Sister Mooney fixed corn on the cob, he said, his cob down there. He started spinning his cob, and she let him know right then that that's not how they were going to live in their house. <laughs> he said, at that moment, I realized I had married my mother. <laughs> so you think, if we go here, this we can do what we want to. If we go here, we can do what we want to. But you see, there's always going to be something that regulates. I suppose of this day we'll we can ask him in a couple of weeks. He's, he's he he don't ask him. He probably don't even remember that illustration. But but nevertheless, we can't just live like we want to. This what a distorted view of grace. Paul refuted his teachings to the Romans when he said in Romans six fourteen. For sin, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Then, verse fifteen is a powerful, very powerful scripture. What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. God forbid. God forbid. Living any way we desire by while justifying it by proclaiming Christian liberty brings to the forefront nothing less than just the works of the flesh. My flesh is in control. I'll do whatever I want to do because I am in control. Now, I say this sincerely and and not defensively. It is just a fact. But many people often view conservative churches as legalistic. However, from a purely scriptural perspective, legalism has to do with Jewish Christians trying to enforce ceremonial laws On other people in order to be saved. They were trying to enforce laws. Like circumcision. And obeying holy days. And dietary restrictions. And the list goes on and on and on. But Paul proclaimed freedom from. The ceremonial law for the Christian. But one thing we should never forget is this. The moral laws of God. Are still in force. What I read to you a moment ago. In this long list. He said you can't do this. And enter the kingdom of God. The moral law of God will never be erased. The holy God requires holiness. 1 Peter 1 and 16 says, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Paul discussed two aspects of the, of the subject of Christian liberty. First, he dealt with the, those teachers in Galatians attempting to seduce the Galatians into thinking that they must convert to Judaism. Paul emphasized that Christ's sacrifice once and for all was powerful enough to free everybody from their sins and from the bondage of the ceremonial law. However, it's important to note that Paul never indicated that Christians were just free to do whatever we wanted to do and break the moral law of God. There are guardrails. There are lines. There are restrictions. Amen. The second area of of Christian liberty that Paul addressed was this, that we should reject any type of teaching that says we are relieved of any restrictions because Jesus Christ set us free from legalism. Paul cautioned believers not to use their freedom in Christ as an excuse just to give in to being carnal and worldly. That means to overcome this, overcome sin is to walk in the Spirit. I don't want to grieve the Spirit. It's not an easy task. It's a battle, and I'm, I'm not trying to, to sound discouraging today, but it would be... Irresponsible of, of me to not prepare all of us. It is a battle of a lifetime. Absolutely. We're not talking about something that one day you're just going to graduate this class and be handed a diploma, nail it to the wall, and it's all over. Oh, no, no, no. It is a lifetime battle. And so we can either give into the flesh and and, and or allow the Holy Ghost to reign in our lives because the choice is up to us, but our choice will determine the outcome. There is no doubt. If we give in the flesh, we're just going to produce works of the flesh. But if we walk in the Spirit, we will produce the fruit of the Spirit. And the end result is either eternal life or eternal damnation. And it is that serious. It is that serious. I'm confident that at some point, if you haven't already, you will, deal with someone Else or yourself in the medical profession, and I say this with great, great deference to all of those in the medical field. But you see, they deal with life and death every day. So they speak rather candidly about it. And so, a physician worth his weight in anything would say, You can do this and live. Or you can do this and die. And we can reach down and grab our belongings and march out of that doctor's office and call him a bozo if we want to. But you shouldn't get crossed up with somebody that's telling you the truth. And so today we can gather our belongings and our families and we can walk out of here And say, that man has lost his mind. Or we can say, you know, it was in the book. We can do this and live. Or we can do this and die. This is a matter of life or death. And I I, I am not being unkind. I'm not wanting to be perceived as unkind. but. I've said so often in the last few years, I've been under great conviction, personally me, under great conviction about the lackadaisical approach or attitude that people have about hell. Because it appears that no one's going. It really gives the appearance that no one's going. And I've used a very serious illustration Some of you may think it's tasteless, and for that I apologize up front, but when's the last time you went to a funeral that somebody, no matter how they live, wasn't ushered right into the presence of the Lord? I always try to run this disclaimer. I'm not for getting up and being anybody's judge. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm telling you, when people live their lives to the wind and a generation behind them, their own children, their own grandchildren, or whatever, they know, they know their lives. They know they were not spiritual people. They know they were not righteous people or holy people. But they were rather sinful people. And then when somebody ushers them into the front row of heaven, that leaves an impression in the heart of the next generation. Like, hey, this its not quite as difficult as I thought it was. But I say, and, and this is my... Sometimes I feel so out of step with the world that I'm living in. But this is what I say. God give us anointed pulpits, anointed ministries that will still just preach the truth. The truth. Not the truth as I see it not the truth that is relative to the age of the hour, but just preach this book. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot live any way you want to live and make heaven your home. It will not happen. It will not happen. Amen, it will not happen. It will not happen. While I always want the atmosphere of this church to feel restorative, I always want the atmosphere and the ministries of this church to have the oversaturation of hope when people walk through these doors. That no matter where you are or where you have been, God can do a work in your life. But hear me today. We are kidding ourselves if we can walk if we think we can walk out of a motel room with a with with someone that is not our companion with fornication or adultery. We're kidding ourselves to think we can walk out of a bar room on Saturday night, walk into the church, and just because we felt something, everything is okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. What you're feeling is mercy. What you're feeling is grace. But don't ever confuse grace with God's approval. Oh, God, help us today. Help us today, God. Help us today to realize that yes, we do have freedom. And yes, we have liberties. But it is not liberty to sin. It is not liberty to violate the moral law of God. Amen. Help us in this hour. Help us in this hour. Let's stand. Can we together? You've been very, very kind. You've been very, very tolerant today. I feel like you've been very receptive. Lord, help us. Help us to be what you want us to be. Now, it's going to sound like I'm blaming somebody here, but I'm not. I've had a lot of things on my mind and a lot of things on my heart lately. And uh, I was talking to Brother Jerry the other day, and he uh, he helped me out with something and didn't even know it. We we planted some grass back here behind the church, and and uh, where we cleaned the property there, and and uh, the weeds are just fighting us to death. And so I was asking Brother Jerry what we need to do about it, and he was giving me some ins- just, just talking. And he said, what, "What you need to do, what we're going to have to do?" He wasn't telling me what, he wasn't telling me to do it, but he was saying, "What we need to do is that we need to mow that down, but we need to mow it high." He said, because what's happening is the weeds are creating such shade that the good grass can't grow. But if we cut it too low, the grass is so young and tender, it may not have rooted itself and we may kill it. <laughs> just a little simple farming, just a little simple mowing illustration. But I took that illustration to Prayer. And I said, God, today I've got to preach, and I need to mow. I've got to cut off that that's creating so much shade that the good in us can't grow. But God, help me not to mow so close that I kill the root in anybody's heart here today. I'm not seeking for your sympathy, but I'm going to tell you that this is not an easy job. I'm trying to find the balance between saying, God, help us to be merciful, but God, help us to always be apostolic. Help us, Lord, to have compassion. Help us to have reach and restoration in our heart and our lives. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I know from experience, if you leave things alone too long, the weeds just start growing. They just start growing, and it starts choking out that that is good. And I'm going to tell you today, I need the hand of God and the mercy of God to touch us. You need the mercy of God and the hand of God to touch you in your own life. Because you know what? I can't mow every crevice of your life. I can't mow every corner of your home and of your life. And so what we need to do is take the advice of this man right here and say we need to mow this we better mow it high let some sunlight get in here we need to let some sun get in here and you know what I took that advice on a little strip over here just south of us and I took that advice not because I didn't trust him but I, he had me He had me at hello when he started saying that and I cut down those weeds and I watched that grass that, that we planted that that we want that that we intended I watched it start standing back up the old, the old weeds that old stuff had choked it down and in some places I thought it didn't even take root, it was there it was there, it was rooted it just needed something to brush back I say God walk among us today and brush back carnality and cut back our nature and cut back our flesh and let the sun of your word and let the light of your word and the strength and the vitamin of your word come into this place today in Jesus name, in Jesus name I have absolutely come to a place in the service where I don't know what to do. Amen. I feel like God is just wanting to demonstrate something in this place today. I think God is wanting to honor His word today. And so I wonder if you'd just slip your hand up. Would you do that? Right now would you just lift your hands up? God help us not to be a carnal church. God help us not to be carnal people and fleshly people and people that desire the things of the world but oh God create in us and kindle in our heart a fire amen a song Lord that says take me back take me back to that moment that I repented take me back to that moment God that your spirit gave birth in my life take me back to that place oh God and let me find something renewed in my heart kindle rekindle a fire within me today hallelujah Hallelujah. Come on, church. Let faith be found in your mouth. Amen. We ought to shout it out. We ought to pray out loud. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We ought to petition God with our voice today. Let our voice be heard. We need to shake our finger in the face of hell and say, I will not walk after the ways of flesh. I am going to be a man of the spirit. I'm going to be a woman of the spirit. I'm going to be a child of God. I'm going to be a child of God. I'm going to be a child of God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we need to turn up that... We need to turn up the fire in prayer here, folks. Amen. Hear this preacher today. We need to turn up the fire in prayer. Don't dismiss on me, please. Don't go home in your mind on me, please. I'm asking you for some salty tears to run down your cheeks. I'm asking you today to let God break your heart again in repentance. Oh, Lord, help us to not stray. Help us to not stray. too far away, God, from your power, your presence, your anointing, your favor. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. Could you pray more? Can you pray louder? Amen. Can you pray with greater intensity? I'm telling you that souls are at stake this morning. Families may be at stake. The future of people that have never walked in these doors may be at stake. We can't let the fire go out. We can't let the revival die. We can't let, we cannot let the spirit of this age walk down what God is moving and doing in our midst here today. Oh, in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, I need you. Oh, in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Oh, great God. Oh, great God. Move among us today. Great God. Move among us today. Great God. Move among us today. Oh, This message
0: has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic.